0: from over there then it's definitely wet over there it's wet over there the wind is coming this way yeah it's a bit oh 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 no wind's getting wind's getting strong
1: it's getting a bit wet what's the
0: vibe (laughs) all right are we packing up
1: uh i think we should back up because it's definitely getting more wet now all right okay i'm gonna stop recording
0: okay (laughs) great podcast
1: Alright, welcome back to HQLA, you're with Nathan Notley.
0: And Isaac Smith.
1: This is the most critical podcast, and it's critical that you listen to this today.
0: Absolutely critical.
1: Okay, so there's a, there's a, um, there's a particular company that I've been looking at recently.
0: Alright, so this one you've talked about before to me, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah,
1: so this one's called Lemonade. Um, the ticker symbol is LMND. And um, if you had no idea what this company did it'd be difficult to guess. Um, they're actually an insurance company, but some would say they're a tech company. So a um, little bit of background for you. Um, the insurance industry in the US is 11% of GDP. Right. So market size is good. That's huge. That is big, isn't it? I'd like to be able to compare that to something else, but I don't have those notes. So Lemonade itself launched in 2016 um, by some entrepreneurs, and it's actually certified as a B Corp, and that'll become relevant in a moment as I explain how the business works. Okay. All right. Um, a B Corp. A B Corp. So that basically means are that you gonna explain that. Yeah. 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 So it basically means that they're like certified as a company um, that they, the practices they have are sustainable for the environment, and they're highly, highly regarded for consumers, and um, they're basically all of their financials and the way that they operate have been. Uh, look through meticulously and uh, they get this certification and it gives the consumer like uh, extreme confidence in how they operate and how they spend their profits and uh, the sustainability in which they operate.
0: So that's one thing you might not have heard of this, but that's something which is called a triple bottom line Mm -hmm. or sometimes known as a quadruple bottom line. Okay. And don't ask me what each bottom line is, but one of them is the environment. One of them is looking after their people, Mm -hmm. you know, so... One of them is looking after their customers, I guess. Yep. So it's it's all about yep. sustainability and environment. So it's yep. it's a very good way to operate, I think.
1: Yeah. So the um, the CEO and the co-founder is um, Daniel, and uh, he owns he only owns 0.6% of the company. So initially, for me, that's a red flag, just to be
0: honest. Um, you definitely like huge founder owners. Yeah. You, yeah.
1: And. Um, but the other co-founder, the the co he's the COO, and um, his name's Shy, and he owns 6.3%. And so in my opinion, that's reasonable. Um, and to date, they've raised 180 mil in um, funding. So a little bit about the company. Obviously, it's called Lemonade. Uh, I was watching an interview um, with uh, Daniel, who's the CEO, and he was explaining the name. And he, there's a few, it's multifaceted. Um, he said that one of the main reasons for the name is because uh, it doesn't have the normal words or phrases in the name that you'd expect in a lot of these American insurance companies. So he wanted to, because what the service they provide is so different to their competitors, they also wanted a name that completely stood them out. And then the other thing, little catchphrase that they use is um, obviously they're an insurance company. So when you're an insurance company, you're dealing with people who are putting in claims for things that are maybe negatively affected their lives. So the little catchphrase is, when life gives you lemons, then make lemonade. I
0: like that. That's good. And that's
1: the name of the company. Um, okay. So here's some, in- here's some information about their customer experience. So basically, uh, a customer can come and buy insurance in 90 seconds by speaking to, uh, to an AI chatbot. And the chatbot's name is Ma- uh, Maya, or Maya, depending on how you pronounce that. So that's AI Maya. And her, she's, actually, she's a real person. Um, she works in the company, and they've made an AI version of her. And so uh, they keep a flat rate of 25% of premiums paid. So let's say that I pay $100 a year um, premium for my insurance, for my you know, push bike or something that I want insured. Um, $25 of that go to the company as a running expense for the company, pays their wages, pays uh, real estate or anything else that they need to spend money on. The other 75% is what they use um, for people when they put claims in. Okay? Right. So if I, if I put a claim in, it comes from that 75%. But if I'm the only customer and I don't put a claim in that year, then that whole 75% goes to a charity nominated for myself.
0: Wow. That's an interesting way to run.
1: So the the reason why he wanted to start, Daniel wanted to start this company is because he saw a a disincentive between uh, the customer and the organization because if the customer puts in a claim for $1,000 then uh, if the insurance company gives that customer a thousand dollars that's a thousand dollars that they can't keep anymore they're now a thousand dollars poorer and the person is a thousand dollars richer so if there's an incentive for the person to put in false claims to get more money because uh, they feel like they're hacking the system and it's worthwhile because they're just getting this money from these massive corporations. And then on the flip side, um, there's an incentive for the insurer to not pay those claims because that's money that's not any longer going to be on their bottom line. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so there's a bit of a conflict of interest. And so the way that these guys operate is no matter what, they're going to take 25% um, operating costs and that's what they're going to use for that. And then uh, whether or not you put a claim in, they're not going to keep that money either way. They're either going to give it to you or they're going to give it to a charity nominated for yourself.
0: That's a pretty incredible system. And I think that that'll be, that'll be something that's very popular when uh, when it comes to the people that are like this, the age group that will be, they'll be going after yeah. will be like the younger kind of demographics. So they'll, they'll definitely be something that's super popular.
1: Correct. As, I suppose uh, the younger demographics are becoming more aware and um, less susceptible to just... Going along with these big organisations and the norm, and so yeah, what you're saying is totally right. So, so the the power that we have as consumers is giving is being given back to us. Um, and so, uh, what else can I tell you? So let's say you've taken your um, you've taken your insurance out, and you've you know it's taken you um, 90 seconds, and you've spoken to Maya. Um, then if you if you put in a claim. You one third of all claims are paid within three seconds.
0: Wow! By speaking
1: to AI Jim, who's also a real person.
0: Is Jim the claims man? And Jim is May- the claims man. Mayer? And Maya is the salesperson. Are person. we talking like John Mayer? or
1: M A Y A Maya?
0: Mayer. Okay, Maya. Okay, like Angelou. Uh, uh. Yep, Continue.
1: And okay, uh, so they have an, a net promoter score, which is the uh, the chances of the people who are their customers. Uh, actually promoting them to their friends and family and their score is 70 out of 100 which is actually similar to companies like Apple and Tesla so that's unheard of in the insurance business
0: right so this is a this is a comp- this is like a certain measure which tells you how likely someone is to recommend that's right okay
1: and they have scored on on that particular scale 70 out of 100 which is quite good um so another reason that makes them uh, B Corp is they don't... So, obviously, when they take um, your premiums, the 25% that they operate off, they invest that money. And so, they don't invest into um, pollution. In, like, they don't, they don't invest into industries that promote pollution. Um, the Ethic, reason Ethical being,
0: stuff only then.
1: Yeah. So, the reason being, obviously, it's more ethical and stuff like that. But the logic behind it is whether or not you believe either way... Um, if you believe that global warming exists, which these guys are a firm believer in that, um, then if, they're, if they are recommending or, or, if <laughs> or if they are investing into organisations or businesses that are creating more pollution, that's w- hurting the environment and that's worsening um, global warming and that's creating more claims because it's creating more natural disasters and stuff like that. And so that's their rationale um, for doing that.
0: That's a good way to do it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I never really thought about it in terms of cause and effect, Yeah, like with insurance. Yeah, that's a good way to invest.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay, so uh, in regards to their last uh, year-on-year performance, um, from Q2 2019 to Q2 2020, they've had 84% increase in customers, and so the total of uh, a little over 800,000 customers total at the moment. Uh, 17% increase in premium per customer that customers are paying. So they're obviously taking out larger insurance claims. So it's not just, you know, insuring their laptop now. They might be insuring their laptop, their bike, and this, and so their premium's a little higher. Um, and then the final metric is their increase in, a, in gross profit, which is uh, up 204% year on year. Um, and that's now 7 mil um, as of Q2 2020. So the profitable, so that's cool. Yeah, market cap of um, 5.6 billion, and the current price is 105 USD. If you're going to
0: buy 105, uh, I yeah. was looking at I was looking at this one the other day, and it was 60, 65 or yes, something like. Yes, they've had that. a good run recently. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. I'll have to I'll have to pump some in.
1: Yeah, and so I'd, I'd recommend that. I think they're on a they're on a a bit of a high at the moment, and they're going to keep going, and so. In regards to ownership, 8.3% individual insider. So you remember I said that um, the CIO owns 6.7%. So obviously there's a couple of um, other board members, I think, who own just a very small percentage. So um, a little bit of ins- individual insider um, ownership, um, but uh, overall I think it's a really cool business and it has the potential to disrupt the industry. So
0: Definitely one to watch yeah, out for. I think so.
1: You've been looking at any companies recently?
0: I have been looking at a company which you might have heard of. It's uh, it's called Snowflake. Ah, uh, yes,
1: another meme. Another stock.
0: M- another meme stock. So it's not so lemonade wasn't a meme stock, no. but um, it's definitely one of those ones. Last like week you we talked about
1: Neo, and that was yeah,
0: a, definitely a meme stock. Neo is such a meme stock. Yes, <laughs> so Neo, what have we got? Uh Microsoft was actually a meme stock stock for a little while. Was it? it was very random. Okay. But it was only for it was only a meme stock for about a week. Oh, okay. And so that was an interesting one. We've got Snowflake which has been a meme stock for a bit, but it's also it's died down a little like okay. the hype. Okay. And it was particularly a meme stock because Warren Buffett owns a $250 million stake in it, and he's Dirty. someone so he's someone who's very well known for not investing in tech. Yeah. So that's um and still managing to outperform all that kind of stuff, yeah, and I think that he's kind of like it's almost like he's twenty years late on deciding to invest in tech because yeah. he's kind of realized, oh, it's something that's here to stay, you know, yeah, so I know that he had he bought Apple you know two years ago or whatever, and that was yeah. the first the first tech thing that he'd ever bought yeah and um so yeah he's he's invested in this one, so Snowflake is another, and I've realized that I haven't actually taken it seriously in terms of thinking about two different types of companies because this one's another data one but it's a little different to uh, uh a little different to palantir yeah it's uh we talked about palantir last week we did the snowflake allows you to mass organize your uh organize your data and it Definitely does it on the cloud. So
1: is this? Uh, sorry, is are they aiming at business to business transactions? Or yeah, is so business? it's a
0: hundred percent business to business. Okay, so, gotcha. So that's their that's their main thing. So they're competing yep. with, and it's it's. I had to actually look into this a bit because it's actually not something that is very commonly known, and it's also something that's not commonly explained. So mm-hmm. it took a bit of research, but yep. I got there. Yeah. So it, uh, but it's one of the IPOs of this year. So it IPO'd, I think three months ago something this like that this is your
1: second IPO stock for the year
0: yeah this is the second IPO we should do Airbnb next week definitely Airbnb but this one is at this IPO'd at $120 mm-hmm. I think within the same day it got up to 245 wow that's the memes and the current price is 334 really so it's really pumped. so it's, it's tripled but it has the people that are the real winners mm-hmm. are the angel investors and the VCs yeah. right at the start. Isn't that always the case? They've so you know you see a you see a public company that's up three hundred percent. They're up you know twenty five thousand oh, like yeah. percent. They probably they probably got the equivalent of a dollar per share. Yeah, and yeah now it's three thirty. So I mean I, I assume they did. So it's got the owner who is fr- at the sorry not the owner the CEO is Frank Slootman. Mm-hmm. Interesting name. Okay. He's the current... He's the CEO that did ServiceNow, which is a hugely successful yeah. another tech company. Yeah, ServiceNow. So he's
1: a... So he didn't found Snowflake.
0: I don't think he founded it, okay. but he wa- He is the CEO. They brought him on. He's yep. hugely successful. Yeah. He's uh he's an interesting guy. They've also got the same CFO that did ServiceNow. So really? They brought him on as well, so it should That's be... That's an interesting a- fact. It's a winning combo. Yeah, it's a dream team. And it's already... Yeah, so it's, it's two guys that have obviously worked together before. hmm and you don't see, I feel like when you have like a winner like that, you don't really move around, but mm-hmm. these guys must just be really kind of entrepreneurial, looking for the, yep. the new thing to build up. So
1: so you're thinking if they see potential in it, then maybe we should.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. So okay. I think, I think that they're, they're really great with tech kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this one, all right. So I'll talk about the, I'll talk about the model of what they do before I actually talk about what they do. Great. So the business model is utilization model instead of subscription model, okay. which means that so everyone everyone pays normally for most tech stuff. Mm-hmm. Everyone will pay thirty dollars a month, yep. five hundred dollars a month, yep. whatever whatever it kind of is, yep. and they'll end up paying that. And it's a use as much as you want mm-hmm. kind of platform, yep. and everyone gets on it. The whole company pays per user usually, yep. and they'll charge out that way, which is you know a great business model. It makes your it makes your income very consistent. Yeah. So, what Snowflake have done is actually, it's backwards thinking, but I actually kind of like it because okay. it's it's something that's a bit, differentiates them a bit, I guess. Yep. So, it's a utilization model. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you buy individual credits and then you use the credits as you go um, from a business perspective and certain, so like any activity kind of costs you one credit yep. and a credit might be w- valued at a dollar mm-hmm. and so as you move through the program, you only pay for what you use for interesting, which is something that a lot of people you're would paying, actually like you're paying in advance you're paying it as you use it so you're you're so you buy you buy the credits in advance, yes yes, and then you pay you yes. pay as you use credits yes essentially you're paying out of their little system so it's an interesting one they're um they're competing with so and i uh, I watched a thing where they were the CEO was actually. Kind of talking about this. They're a customer of Microsoft and Amazon. Yeah. But they're also a competitor with Microsoft and Amazon. Wow. And so their their main com- competition is uh, Microsoft Azure, um, Google Cloud, and Amazon Web Service. Yeah. And um, and they're actually yeah they're competing with them, but they're also using some of their and it might be on a different level. They're using some of their software to yeah. to input. So I know that they used uh, Excel to input at one point. Now I watched a uh, I watched a demo on how they actually use the program yeah so the program's actually uh it was a it was a city bike uh demo yeah and they actually take the all of the rides from new york or whatever mm-hmm. and just com- compact it into this huge kind of database yeah. and just upload it and then someone else is working on analyzing the data at the same time mm-hmm. so but what it's able to do is it's really clever at yeah pulling all that data so then what happens is the guy goes and he uploads he's like oh i wonder if there's a correlation between weather and age and riding a city bike in new york yeah and so then they found that in february it was a bit colder and it was a bit more snowy yeah and they could correlate the snow with way less use yeah. and they could correlate um and they found that the age the target demographic they should be going after is 20 to 30 So like late 20s early 30s Right. Uh, so Snowflake
1: crunched these this data.
0: Yeah, so it, it crunched all that data and it found the weather versus the people yep. that are yep. using it and yep. found the demographic. So it's super useful okay. on a um on a business to biz- like a large scale kind of business Absolutely. operation. So yep. yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, company. It's um That is interesting. It's currently so it's currently it's called a data warehouse of cloud computing. Yeah. So that's that's the industry that they're in, but they're currently managing tw- uh, 20% of the Fortune 500 um, really? company's data. So, Wow. And I think, I think it can only continue to grow from there because it yeah. seems like such a, it's a large-scale data operation and it seems like it's really well run. So mm-hmm. that's, those are my thoughts on it. I like it.
1: I'm always a little bit hesitant with um, B2B companies just because I feel like they lack the, like the retail market perception of them.
0: That's true. You know, like you can't, people can't, like, physically go and use them.
1: They lose, like, there's not even, like, there's no emotional connection. Whereas, like, if if I uh, buy a Tesla, or we're, you know, one day we're all driving Teslas, it's like, it's like, obvious to everybody that this is something that's um, a mass product in the world. Whereas, I suppose in my mind, just it's just a thought. Like in my mind, somewhere like some something like Snowflake, which could have. of market share of all those Fortune 500 companies. The average Joe doesn't know that.
0: But the interesting thing about... uh, One of the really interesting things about business-to-business like this Mm. is that they can actually use that... So, like, they can get those recurring billables. They can get... Mm. They don't have a million people to rely on. They've only got 20 people to rely on. That's very true. It's good for their...
1: It's good for their revenue.
0: They've got a really consolidated... So, one of the great things is they've got a really consolidated list of customers. Mm -hmm. And they can put on they have they can afford to put one one really good salesperson yep. on each customer yeah they can pay that salesperson half a million dollars yep. and say hey just really look after microsoft hey yep. really look after amazon you know but then and it's a
1: big blow if they lose one of those
0: customers yeah that's true it, it does make it very undiversified but yep. it is nice and consolidated yes so I there's definitely huge pros and cons to both yeah i like it good combo very good eh? yeah That's embarrassing. No one else saw that. Don't worry.
1: Okay. Um, all right. So, Lotus. So, I had to phonetically spell out this company um, because the name is very strange. Yes. Um, so, this. So Lotus, they've created a new hypercar. When I say new hypercar, they've never created one before. So, it's their first ever hypercar. Yep. It's called the Evaya. Evaya. That's... Yes. That's is how... Is that your
0: best pronunciation? Did you practice that in the mirror?
1: I didn't practice in the mirror. I listened to a lot of YouTube videos and that seemed to be the consensus. Okay. So if that's wrong, just comment it on uh, Apple, Apple uh, Podcasts. Which you can definitely do. And uh, we'll, we'll comment back. Sounds um, good. Okay, so Lotus. Uh, they're built in Britain, obviously. British company. Um, and this is actually going to be the most powerful production car in the world. And uh, so it's 2,000 horsepower. From a Lotus. From a Lotus. Wow. This is from the company who for many years only built four-cylinder sports cars and now they're producing a 2,000 horsepower hypercar
0: that's incredible yeah
1: it's incredible okay so 1,700 new meters of torque over 200 miles per hour 2.5 million dollars it's quite the price tag it's quite the price tag i'm not sure the total number of vehicles manufactured i'd be interested in finding you'd assume that, out
0: that it's like 12
1: you'd assume it would be something along those lines Um, Okay, so it's got five driving modes, right? Range, city, tour, sport, track. So range mode, as you'd expect, gives you the longest amount of range. So um, they really just reduce the horsepower down to a thousand. (laughs) And uh, it's only rear wheel drive at that point. Yeah, okay. So it's got individual motors in each wheel, as you kind of come to expect with these uh, electric hypercars. uh so that's that's range mode only rear drive um eight, only 800 new meters of torque in that mode city mode uh the rear wing is deployed just lightly um and it use uh it uses uh it, it uses a braking system that uh generates power when you brake it's called
0: uh like a kinetic like a re- retention, retention I can't say it it's the same as curves in an F one car. Yes, it's, it, like it's it's very similar. Kinetic energy recovery or whatever.
1: Correct, and so uh, at that mo at that point uh, in the city in the city mode, it's uh, in in action. Next mode's tour mode. Fourteen hundred horsepower maximum torque, um, and it's intelligent motor systems between the wheels. So it's between two and four wheel drive,
0: depending on how you're driving, and uh, like a Honda CRV. <laughs> Sorry, no, not like a Honda CRV. I offended someone.
1: <laughs> um, okay and uh, it's also obviously got the ability to raise the the front lip and stuff like that if you're going over bumps on all of those modes up until that point
0: that's something that's very because supercars are just so impractical with that so stuff you're just always scraping and oh, you're yeah. like that's a thousand dollars
1: there's nothing worse than scraping in your um, hypercar and so the next mode is sport 1700 horsepower maximum torque track mode is max power max torque um, it's got carbon it's got carbon brakes so batteries obviously it's um, hypercar, so it's all electric. Um, battery placement's interesting. So in Teslas, you may or may not have seen, they put the batteries um, under the floor plan, like the floor, the floor pan of the vehicle. Um, so you're basically sitting on top of them. Like the logic is that um, it's really low center of gravity. So the car handles really well. Um, the issue with that is it means you're sitting quite high. So in a you know a SUV or something like that, or even a station wagon, um, or a sedan or whatever uh, the vehicle is it's not a huge issue um, and it still feels really good but in a hypercar you want to be sitting really really low that's kind of the expectation you
0: definitely want to be as close to the floor as you can
1: correct so if you've got sort of you know half a meter of battery under you um, it's going to be less than ideal so what they've done is um, they've basically mirrored their usual setup which is the mid-engine so they've got the batteries actually behind the, the driver just between the driver and the rear wheels so the thought being they know how to um, make a car handle with that kind of weight distribution. And so uh, they've just continued along those lines. And so that's what they've done for this. A um, Couple of interesting little quirks is um, on the back it's got a big Lotus. Um, badge kind of across the back, you'll see. Oh
0: yeah, that's a real classic. So
1: Lotus, it's a classic thing. We're
0: talking like a Porsche Carrera kind of vibe. Exactly. Like you have it all so the way. So yeah. the
1: T's sort of in the middle, and um, that T lights up really bright and is actually the reverse light um, when you're reversing. Um, another interesting function is on the um, if you've seen it, it kind of has semi wing doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you don't press anything on the car to open that; you press it on the uh, key itself. Press the key,
0: door opens. So there's no control to actually like, go and open the door from from the, without the key. The car itself, yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Um, it doesn't have wing mirrors.
0: It doesn't have wing mirrors? No, it doesn't have wing oh, mirrors. Oh, this is going to be some fancy tech. Yes, and it is. So
1: instead, um, when you're in the car, it's got small screens on the inside of either door. And on the outside, it has these little cameras that just pop out and face backwards and the, it displays that on the small screens on the mi- on the uh, inside of the doors and that's your mirrors.
0: The cameras pop out and you can the actually... The cameras
1: physically pop out. Wow, all right. So, yeah, so basically when you start driving, um, these two little cameras just slot out the sides of the car like tiny little wing mirrors and they just face backwards and give you that view.
0: That's a lot better than, say, a Lamborghini Countach or something where you've got the engine in the back and you can't yeah. see past, you can't see through the back window. Yeah. Then you've got an impossibly far away mirror that you can't adjust. Yes. And then you've got to open yes. the door and lean all the way out. Yes. So it's better than that, but I think it's potentially <laughs> worse than s- is having like a mirror in a nice supercar because my so my main issue is obviously what happens when it breaks. Yep. And you're trying to reverse and you you can't. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. It's well, I would say
1: Lotus aren't necessarily known for their reliable electronics. Yeah. Yeah. They're known for their sourcing good engines from toyota
0: yes <laughs> and they're
1: known for their excellent handling
0: <laughs> yeah well you know there's and the, two things they can get there yeah yeah
1: so we'll see how they go with that there's no toyota engine in this one so it's all
0: handling yeah it's all handling
1: uh and then the final one is you can customize your lotus symbol on the front of the car you can make it gold or you can make it mirror or wherever you want um so yeah being a being someone who has regularly driven a Lotus yes
0: you you owned a Lotus still do still own a Lotus
1: uh, uh, I would love to drive this car
0: and what differentiates so like what where's the key differentiator for a Lotus verse uh, say your Toyota MR2 where is the main difference
1: uh, price <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there's a great community around having like lo- Lotus ownership. Yeah. Um, and uh, I would say they're similar. Uh, light. There are, I'm not sure in particular about the Avaya, but the Lotus that I um, have is an uh, aluminium monocop chassis. And so um, it's extremely light. Something like 850 kilos in its current form. Yeah, and um, so the power weight ratio is just um, like nothing else. Yeah. So yeah, highly recommend if you can get your hands on one for a spin. Uh, it's great fun.
0: There's been a lot of people walking past. It's quite funny to um, to it's watch great. them because coming back again. They definitely have a um, yeah. He's he's very keen to be in the background. He's like, oh yes, I'm going to be famous. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting at 31 views on this video. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm considering what because like. If you stay here all day, yep. uh, maybe all day for a couple of days. It yep. might take a couple of days. Yeah. You'd eventually get someone that would go and tell the lifeguard and be like, Hey yes. these guys these guys are doing illegal activity. Correct. Yeah. Anyway.
1: It's always that like, right. guy. All right, there you go. Let's uh Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: We're getting better at the transitions. I'm getting a bit hungry.
0: Ready for ready for lunchtime? I think so. Well, you'll have to wait until I'm finished with the Porsche Taycan <laughs> because this car is hella interesting. Is it? So I had no idea that uh, the Lotus you were going to do earlier had a um, was fully electric. Okay. So. I've also gone for a fully electric car. True. It seems like we're the electric cars podcast now at this point with <laughs> Neo and.
1: It's the future, yeah. bro. It's the yeah. future.
0: And I'm mainly comparing it to, and wait for it, wait for it, mm. Tesla, uh, obviously, because Dang. That's, uh, that's where its key competitor is. Good. Now, I've been told this car was the second most hyped uh, electric vehicle. You can don't look that up. And um, <laughs> after what, them, was, what was the first? After the uh, Tesla Model X. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. If you haven't heard of that one, uh, you should maybe wake up from your coma. Yeah. So, yes. the, obviously, I had the same same note here, which is the batteries on the floor for the low-weight distribution. Um, so, they are like that in the Porsche, is that what you say? They're, they're like that in the Porsche. Are they? Yes. So, they're not behind the seat? They're not behind so the seat. So they've
1: completely changed uh, their weight distribution.
0: Yes, because you would Whoa. get in a 911, you would get, yeah, obviously all right in the back. In the back. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this one is a, the Taken comes in three different options. It's got the 4, the Taken 4S, which is the... Is that the, how you say it? Well, what do you, how would you say it? Taycan. Taycan. Sorry, Taycan. No, I don't know. This is your segment. Hey, no, I don't know either. Good. Only, so my main issue with this one and I regret, regrettably, to say this, okay. I've, um, I've only watched videos of it, which are by Americans, which ah. means that it's definitely gonna be the wrong pronunciation. Yeah. But Taycan is how I will pronounce it from now on. Okay. So the Taycan comes in three different options. It's got yep. the 4s, which is 390 kilowatts. Yep. Now, uh, one thing that's one thing that's interesting with the electricals, um <laughs> it's it's interesting to like. It's interesting to consider them as kilowatt hours, like whatever they're. Because uh, yeah. I don't really understand the full metrics around the electrical side of it. The, um, the turbo comes <laughs> Even in. Even the way
1: you say electrical.
0: <laughs> electri- electrical. Shows that. Electrical vehicle. Electronical <laughs> vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's a proper old. We're old all heedled Yes. Electric vehicles. Both of us. EVs. Yes. EV uh, vehicles. I definitely know <laughs> EV vehicles. The taken. So then, then it goes turbo. Yes. Yep. This is this is interesting because I don't think it's got a turbo. It's just the old naming convention Yes. for something that's a little bit faster on the on the Porsche. Yep. Which I don't love it how they've um, they've done that, but mm. it's it's that's all right.
1: It it is following in the footsteps of Porsche to just take something and sl- and slightly change, it, but always keep something that feels like it's a Porsche. You know, like
0: yeah. even yeah. the look
1: of the Porsche, they always look similar. Oh, this one is this the one where they have the big brake light across the back?
0: I think that that one is the. I think that there's a more sporty. Like it might be the. It might be or the is next model. This is it this, this It's the not the take on. Actually, it might be. Okay. I should have looked it into that. It could be. I should have looked into that one further. Well, <laughs> we would
1: look it up, but we don't. We don't
0: have. We don't, have, have, any we don't have, any have any
1: internet. So we'll continue. Sorry. Yes,
0: but the, um, the turbo. And then it goes to the turbo S, which is okay, 560 um, kilowatt one. Kilowatts. So, oh yeah that's, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. It's a pretty powerful car. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, it's. It's range on the original, so like on the on the uh, lower quality one, not the lower quality, oh, the, low the bottom, spec? the bottom of the spec, yeah, the bottom yeah. of the barrel, yeah. is a 414 kilometer range yes and so obviously and naturally you would want to know how it does in a drag race versus a model s so i would, I, um, I would. so i found so this
1: is the base model or this is like this the is the top ship.
0: so we went for the top flagship yeah we went to the top flagship and then this is a model s and then we went to the model s flagship
1: p100d yeah
0: so we're talking this the dual but not
1: the plate edition no
0: no no not, okay. not that one okay so okay. it's it's the it's the general yes. accepted flagship of the tesla Good. yeah so, dual motors. The mm-hmm. Tesla Model S is an 825 horsepower. I'm sorry to switch our is metrics. 825 horsepower. What's 13, the other one? 1,300
1: newton-meters of torque. 500 and...
0: How many... Uh, so, that was kilowatts. So, many, the, Turbo S, kilowatts? the Turbo S is si- 761 horsepower. Ah, okay. So, okay. it's a little less than the the Tesla. The, yep. um, the Tesla has 1,300 newton-meters mm-hmm. versus the Porsche's uh, 1,000 newton-meters. Okay. And... The Tesla is actually l- uh, slightly lighter. They're twenty-two hundred. They're both twenty-two hundred um, kilograms. Yeah. The uh, the well, the Porsche Taycan is um, is actually twenty-two nine five, so it's very close to twenty-three hundred. Yes. Whereas the the uh, Tesla is twenty-two four one, so they oh, okay um, very similar. So the the Tesla is lighter, more powerful, yeah. and it's got more torque.
1: Do we know? Which one is all drive and which one is rear-wheel drive? Are they all just all drive?
0: I I think th- I believe that they're both all wheel drive. Yeah, that so makes sense. The model s all
1: that talk, you'd have to think so.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I think they're both um they're both all wheel. Okay. And they both it's it's so interesting to watch this uh this drag race. And I this is this is based on one guy reviewing it, so mm-hmm. it might be might be skewed, it might be Give it to us. Not as scientific. The Porsche won both times that they ran. And it's got it's less powerful, it's less it's got less things. What? It pulled so it pulled ahead. It pulled ahead faster. What? And then on the first one it pulled ahead faster, but I think it could have been a bit of a it could have been a bit of a driver error yeah. situation. Yeah. So yeah, they ran it they ran it again and I think they ran it a third time. And uh and yeah, the Porsche it's there's wow. a there was one run where they took off at the exact same for the first in the first hundred meters they were they were kind of the same. Yeah. And then the Porsche would just start pulling ahead. Really? So it's great to see. It's great to see Tesla, who aren't a racing company, yeah. doing that well versus Porsche, True. who have been doing it for a hundred years. Yeah. It's also great to see that Porsche can still make more yes. out of less, yes. because that's something that they're very well known for. Yeah. making making it all happen out of a very low, usually low power setup. Low, yeah, you know. So it's it's good to see
1: competition on both parties, on both sides, you know. Yeah. Because that's what we want. We don't want Tesla just to be always blowing everyone out of the party. Yeah.
0: And you've got to remember that Tesla has been around for 13 years or something. Yeah. yeah. But you've also got to remember that Tesla's only been doing electric, and Porsche has only started doing electric very recently. Correct. So I don't know. I don't honestly know which one's the underdog in this. Um, yeah. In this scenario. It's true. It's um it's hard to know who to root for. But write uh, it in the comments. <laughs> yeah. Which one's your favorite? Uh, so, one thing with the take-on that um, everyone seems to note is the yep. interior is super well done. Okay. It's a bit of a different vibe because the Tesla has that huge yep. panel next to you. And yes. that's like, it's just a giant iPad and that's pretty much all, yeah, all there is. Yeah, super simple. But it's also very, it's a bit bare bones. It's a bit, yeah. um, no, definitely. it's not as good as most luxury cars would be. Yeah. So, the uh, the Porsche comes with, it comes with a vegan option for its trim which is oh, yeah so it's a, a bit more of a common thing now gotcha. I guess it wouldn't you wouldn't find that 10 years ago you wouldn't find that a, five years ago you wouldn't yeah it's it's something that's a, a bit of a trend but yeah. I guess billionaires are getting conscious so um, or anyone that can afford this car it's got a huge curved display for your um, dashboard which is oh, really cool. cool
1: yeah right so on. it's
0: like a it's like a, a real gamer kind of monitor awesome so that's um that's really cool ultra wide yeah it's it's really good so it's, and then it's got all the buttons that you would need to operate. So yes. instead of having levers on the side of the steering wheel, yeah. it's got all the buttons you would need. So the headlights, all that kind of stuff, you yeah. press them on the side of the screen. They've Because um, they've got the, and so So you like, have to
1: take your hands off the steering wheel to turn the lights on.
0: Yeah, but it's got like, well, I assume that that would be automatic, but if you want to do it manually and stuff, they would have the, um, they've got all the buttons that are like right next to the screen. I don't even know if you would have to take your hands off. It's like that close. Interesting, But, yeah. We'll
1: have to look at some photos. We'll, have
0: to, we'll definitely have to look at some photos. But uh, it comes with it comes with the panoramic glass roof. Oh, yeah,
1: that's a good vibe. That's it, almost a necessity nowadays.
0: It's very cool. It looks it looks very cool. So, and my dad
1: just ordered a, a new Hyundai N.
0: Oh, don't tell me it's got one. of them. It's got a panoramic. It, it has
1: a panor- <laughs> panoramic sunroof.
0: <laughs> well, okay, it's less impressive from Porsche now. Yeah. But uh, maybe more impressive for Hyundai. <laughs> it's... um. Sorry, I didn't mean it's to. Got, no, no, it's good. It's got it's got a uh, one thing that's cool is you can put your phone. It's got a little nest for your phone. Yep. You can put it in there and it'll charge wirelessly. Love that. I love so it when,
1: when companies are you know up with this times. Yeah, They've definitely. They've realised that everyone still you know everyone has phones now.
0: It's also got USB-C ports everywhere, which is really cool. That's awesome. It's um, it's definitely future thinking, mm-hmm. and it's got the it's got a couple more screens. So it's got the standard GPS uh, that you would look at. Yep. And then it's also got a another screen for climate control stuff Yep. so there's no real kind of buttons yeah to, um, to worry about pressing yeah uh, in terms of all right so we'll move on to efficiency in terms of efficiency the mm-hmm. and this is what I could find the Taycan, um 4s, which is the standard yep. uh, model yep. does and this is going to be a new measure because normally you would look at liters per 100 true it does 27 kilowatt hours per 100 kilometers. So that seems anyone who knows what that is seems good, doesn't it? Anyone who knows what that is would be impressed, but until they learn that the Tesla Model Three does eleven point nine, so wow. it does significantly better. The most, the best that I could find for, for the Model S was about twenty three. Mm-hmm. So, so it's really similar. Yeah, so it's similar to yeah, yeah. similar to that. So I don't know okay. what the Model Three is doing. I guess it's much less powerful. So yeah, you would you would assume.
1: It's, it's less powerful, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can look at it two ways. It's less powerful, and so, but maybe it needs to work harder to, you know, keep up to speed and stuff like that. So maybe it's going to be less efficient. But uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, and I guess we're talking dual motors versus Tesla Model Three. We only have one. Yeah. So I assume you could cut that in half by having not a dual motor. Oh yeah. Because they're both the the yeah. the Model S and the um and the take Taycan is, or um <laughs> whatever it's called, the Porsche. <laughs> Are, uh, Porsche, yeah. are both dual motor, so okay, yeah, gotcha. You got to consider that as well. Yep, good. So the price. This is where, it, this, ah, is where it yes. this is where it gets very interesting. Yes, where very gets very interesting because okay. uh, I found that the Tesla was actually more um, more expensive than I thought it would be. Yeah. Because I went I went for the full. I went to each uh, place's website. So not oh, gonna yeah. be the not gonna be the cheapest spot to um, get it. Yeah. You get a better option probably at a dealer. Okay. Went to each website and I went for the base model of both options. Yep. With no no options, no frills. So this is
1: a Model S and the Taycan. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I gotcha. went for both of them, mm-hmm. and I went with, um. I went with the on-road drive-away kind of cost instead of yes what it says that it would be because there's certain prices where it's like from you know 100 grand yep. whatever but it actually so it actually costs something else. Yep. So the Porsche was and this is the 4S base mm-hmm. was 211,573. Yeah. And that's the base model.
1: That's expensive.
0: With uh, with none of the options, the yep. model S base came to 141k. Yeah. So, yeah, it's Are we uh, talking Aussie? Yeah, in Aussie yeah. so this is in it's the not Aussie cheap. stores.
1: You don't really consider that because you see a few model S's getting around nowadays. Mm. And it starts to become the norm. But you do have to remember that people are spending upwards of one hundred and forty thousand dollars on these cars.
0: You got to remember as well when you hear Elon say, "Yeah, we're we're doing seventy k for um for mm. a Model S," and then you think, "Okay, that's actually USD," yep. which means that it's a hundred, yep. and then you've got all sorts of luxury taxes and on-road costs in Correct. Australia. So Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, really interesting comparison. So yeah, I appreciate that. Well done. Thank you. I I appreciate you appreciating it. Good.
1: Okay, that's that. Do you want to talk about um, auctions, and then we'll call it a bet?
0: I'd rather not talk about auctions. It was your friggin' idea. <laughs> you know, I didn't have time to look over everything.
1: Nor did I. Well, I did, but I didn't have any internet. So, oh, no. all I can see is Elvis Presley.
0: This is a disaster. You know what? I've got one.
1: Uh, what I was going to talk about was a violin from the Titanic, Elvis Presley's underwear, Winston Churchill's dentures, <laughs> and there was, a, there was a bag of air from a famous person but I can't remember who that was <laughs> a bag of air anyway on next week's
0: let's go on uh, no, that's alright we, <laughs> we can just <laughs> alright uh, we should wrap up what's our what's our exit line
1: okay this has been HQLA episode 2 I've had fun
0: I've had a lot of fun too
1: don't forget it's critical that you listen to this podcast but since you've gotten this far I'm assuming you already have so tell your friend, it's Chris. Oh.
0: <laughs> that's fine. Continue, continue. So Keep it rolling. Uh, Keep it why rolling. Did we, Keep it why rolling. did we
1: choose something where we have to
0: talk? It's very critical that you listen to this podcast. And that's it from us. Thank you.